You are live with Get Connected. Mike Agarbo here with John Beeler. We are live down in Las Vegas for the Consumer Electronics Show. And it's it's a weird show this year. Last year they had uh, gone to a virtual event, but uh, this year they decided to press forward. But it looks like uh, a bunch of exhibitors did indeed pull out. Yeah, there's definitely a noticeable openness to the show floor here. And I think what's causing that, John, is that a lot of the big guys have pulled out. So the Microsofts, the Intels, Amazons, and, and Googles. <coughs> and they would typically have large booths, like thousands of square feet. And when you take that out of the equation, it does open up some pretty big gaps. Yeah, and one of the biggest things that we noticed right away was the fact that the entire South Hall, which is probably one of the bigger halls, and it's two stories, is completely closed off. They have opened a new one, a new West Hall, which is, is beautiful. I think that's where they suck all the car stuff. But even in the car uh, pavilion there, it's noticeable that none of the big car guys showed up. Mercedes, Audi, Ford, GM, not there. No, definitely a lot of the smaller companies that some that we've never even heard of before uh, used this opportunity to launch some new products. We saw a Vietnamese electric vehicle company launch like five new vehicles yesterday. Yeah, called VinFast. Yeah. Kind of a weird name, but yep. uh, I'm sure we'll be hearing more about it. On today's program, we're going to be telling you about our trip down here, some of the things we've had to go through, uh, and some of the exciting gear that we've come across uh, as well, from cars that can change their paint color instantly to the latest uh, Samsung technology, self-driving tractors, and, of course, robots. Yes. Uh, so coming down here, I, you know, obviously I'm a little worried. Obviously COVID is a big thing still, but it, it seems that Vegas has uh, got it pretty nailed down. Like, you can't go anywhere, whether it's a casino, an exhibit hall, any indoor space, you have to be wearing a mask. Yeah, and even to get into CES itself, you have to be double fully vaxxed and they've checked us i don't know how many times now yeah they even gave us uh two free rapid tests that we can take during the week and they're also paying for our pcr test to go back yeah so we're definitely going to be well tested (laughs) by the end of this trip (laughs) yeah it's interesting uh john uh again it seems like half the people are here as well. I, I don't know the numbers yet. Typically, in a good year, they're getting between 150,000 to 170,000 people. Yeah, and the you know pre-COVID, the expectation was that 2021 was going to have about 180,000 people. Yeah, we've heard it's much less than that this year. I I, I would bet it's half of that. Yeah, maybe 70,000 people. Yeah. There still seems to be a lot of people though. Yeah, and the first day was definitely a little quiet, but the second day definitely feels more like a normal CES as far as attendees concerned. Another interesting thing uh, this year is that they've uh, created the Vegas Loop beneath the convention center. So this is something that Elon Musk's company, the guy behind Tesla, SpaceX, he's got a company called The Boring Company, and he can, I guess, drill tunnels at a fraction of the price of other tunnel drillers, Yeah, so to speak. I'm not, like, big in the, the tunnel drilling business but it's pretty cool so it's a loop right underneath all the convention centers Uh, you can go to the stations Uh, they're above ground on um, on the either sides of the whole convention center Uh, but uh, the the middle ones the north and the central hall you have to go underground but what happens is you go underground and it's all Teslas you get into a Tesla Model Y or a Model X 
And the, the really interesting thing is, is that currently, because it's still considered a trial, there's actually a driver. Yeah. And they've actually disabled the autonomous self-driving mechanisms in these vehicles. Even the basic auto steer, which I thought, you know, if you see these tunnels, John, they're narrow. Yeah. Right? And they're going as fast as 40 miles an hour. Yeah. And these are these are just big enough for a Tesla kind of tunnels. These aren't giant train tunnels like we're used to no, in Vancouver. No, you would You would be nervous to drive in here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But and they've got this crazy pattern on the wall that almost looks like stuff sticking out. Yes, <laughs> it's, yeah. It's very interesting optical illusion that happens. So, you know, when I first heard about this a couple of years ago, I thought, well, how efficient can this be? Yeah. Like, wouldn't it be better just to do a proper tunnel and stick a train underneath? But it was surprisingly efficient. Like, they've got it down to a, a science. Yeah, it's really interesting to see. We can just literally go down the escalator to the loop, walk right up to any car that's uh, available, get into it, and go. Yeah. And so it's kind of like having your own express bus or train because you just tell the driver which station you want to get off at and he'll just go right to that station for you. So apparently they're capable from what they say in the press releases of doing about 4,400 people trips in an hour. Which seems interesting because we found out from one of the drivers there's about 70 drivers on the the loop right now at any given time. And the other interesting thing too is these are all electric vehicles. They last the whole day. Yeah, they have a warehouse at the end of the night. They all drive to this warehouse on the other side of town and charge up again for the next day. Which is crazy. Uh, What is interesting, John, though, is that they plan to expand this beyond the convention center, out onto the strip, and perhaps even out to the airport. So I'm going to be fascinated to see what happens then. Like, I'm hoping that would alleviate a lot of traffic and speed up the time. I know from my experience and your experience, even doing it here, it shaved so much time going between the convention centers. The other big thing for, for, for me that I like, or my feet like, is the fact that you don't have to walk, because previously we would walk to those other halls. Yeah. It can be a 20-minute to 30-minute walk just yeah. to get from A to B. Depending how busy it is. Yeah. yeah. And above ground, it's during you know non-COVID times, it's very packed. Yeah. And you know shuttle buses have half-hour waits typically. These things are pretty great so far. They seem to be much less expensive to operate. Yeah. Um, when, as soon as they turn on the uh, autonomous driving, though, that's going to eliminate the drivers. So it'll really just be people directing uh, passengers passengers to vehicles. To get in and out of the vehicle. Yeah, because it's interesting, too. We, we both noticed that all the Teslas normally have a, a recessed um, door handle. handle. Yeah. It, I have a Tesla. It confuses people that have never got into it before. They don't know how to get into it. Yeah, so there's actually stickers on all the Big doors. stickers, open here, <laughs> essentially. But you know what's interesting, though, too, John, is um, how how they really got the flow down as well. Like the driver's saying, he's if he doesn't have someone within 10 seconds getting into the car, he's just supposed to drive away to the next station. Always be moving, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, it's it's interesting technology, and I think we'll be seeing it in more cities. Uh, again, just because the cost is dramatically lower than regular tunnels being drilled. Yeah, because you'd have to cities. you'd have to drill a much bigger tunnel yeah. for train infrastructure. Yeah, and then the trains themselves are very expensive to operate. Yeah, if something happens to one of the Teslas, they just cycle it out and replace it with another one. Yeah. Anyway, we'll uh, we'll be following up uh, on uh, that story. Uh, We're going to talk about some of the gear, uh, but we're going to have to take a break. When we come back, uh, we will be chatting uh, about some car and tractor technology. And we'll also be talking later on some new kind of uh, 
immersive experience exhibitions happening here in Vegas, uh, one called Area 15 that we were just blown away by. You're listening to Get Connected here on the Chorus Radio Network, back after this. You are back with Get Connected, a special Get Connected. Mike Eggerbo here with John Beeler. We are live in Las Vegas for the Consumer Electronics Show down on the show floor in the big uh, Central Hall Exhibition Center. Checking out all the latest tech, Consumer Electronics Show is one of the most influential tech shows in the world. It kind of showcases all the new technology coming out in the next uh, few years. A little slower this year, a few less exhibitors, but still some interesting things that we've uh, come across. One that really caught my attention, and you know, we've posted this up on our social channels, is that new BMW prototype of uh, their SUV. I think it's the X, uh, so, uh, the X model. Yeah, I, I yeah. can't remember the specific, they had a special name for it. Anyway, this thing has got a special coating on it that allows it to change colors of the car. And I don't know if you can really get this. Um, yeah, it's the BMW iX or the i10. Uh, John, it goes from white to gray in a second, like instantly. Yeah, it's using e-ink technology, and they've basically made these little panels that cover the entire car. Everything, like the mirrors, the wheel covers, everything. And so if you get a really close look, you can see that, right? Yeah. It's like little triangular panels yeah. all, all over the car. But it is fascinating to watch. You know, again, check out our, our social channels and our website at getconnectedmedia.com. I think we have some video up there. But it got some interesting reactions from a lot of our uh, community. Some yes. people thought it was awesomely cool. I thought it was cool. Some people were like, why? Yeah. Um, I still have that question. I mean, it's cool, but Why? It's kind of limited because it's gray, black, white. Like, there's not a lot of variety there. Yeah, there's no color. No. But what's interesting, though, is the the way the demo was uh, being shown is they were actually animating the transition. Yeah, so so kind of like going waves. Yeah. And even the hubcaps. The hubcaps were spinning. Yeah. Like, they were like, remember those little spinners? Yeah. (laughs) It was like those, but it was basically just an animation on the wheel covers themselves. And so, of course, if you're driving around with this thing, you're going to get pulled over because it's got to be really distracting if your your car's animated like that. Well, can you imagine, like, what kind of laws or regulations yeah. are for that? Like, you're driving your car down the road and it's just completely changing colors as you're driving. Well, and, and a lot of people were making jokes about the fact that, you know, so if you're telling the cops what the getaway car looked like, <laughs> was it white? Was it black? Don't know. Right? It's like a James Bond thing. <laughs> totally, it totally reminds me of a, a James Bond car. I don't know if we're going to see it on cars anytime soon, if it's even a thing. And what? I just don't know, I don't know the durability. It doesn't look overly durable to me. And, and I read somewhere that it has challenges with uh, temperature as well. I could see that, yeah. Yeah, but what it was interesting, though, because e-ink is traditionally fairly slow r- refresh rate. These ones seem to be very fast, which yeah. means they're probably really expensive. I, I can imagine. We're talking uh, about all the latest tech gear, gadgets, and cars down at the Consumer Electronics Show. Uh, another big announcement from a company I'd never heard of before out of Vietnam uh, called VinFast. And they announced a series of electric cars that they're bringing to the North American market. What's interesting from what I gathered from the, com- the presentation is that they're actually leasing you the battery. 
does that work? Well, it's it's meant to reduce the cost so that an electric vehicle is more in line with what a, a traditional combustion engine vehicle would cost. Yeah. So it brings those costs down. I mean, a typical basic uh, electric vehicle in Canada probably starts at about forty forty five thousand dollars. Yeah. If you can bring that down to twenty five or thirty thousand dollars, it's a game changer. It might be more approachable for most people. Yeah. Anyway, we'll be keeping our eye on that. Again, the company's called Vinfast out of Vietnam. And there's a lot of companies getting into the electric car space. Sony is coming out with their own electric car. We've seen this in the past couple of years. They've been showing kind of prototypes, but it looks like they're, they're actually serious about it. Yeah, yeah. The, the other thing that I saw that was really interesting, right actually across the, the way from the VinFast booth, was a really interesting um, cargo platform, I guess. It's... Some of these vehicles look like they're straight out of Total Recall or something like that. Yeah. They're, they're, you know, they're, they have no cab or you know, cockpit for a driver. They're meant to be autonomous, but they're just basically just a big flat deck truck with a very minimal amount of uh, traditional front end of the vehicle. So it has lights and steering and all that kind of stuff. And that's where the brains of the operation is. So I could imagine like on a, like a shipyard or something like that or a big warehouse, they would use these kinds of vehicles to drive around products and, and, you know, uh, pallets of stuff. And it all runs in either electricity or hydrogen, which I was also surprised to see here too. Yeah, uh, I thought I'd see more scooters and things here, but there wasn't as much as an e-bikes. There are some companies, but it wasn't as There's plentiful. a handful. Yeah. yeah, Fiat has a scooter now. Well, of course. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the one thing we have seen is they're all kind of the same uh, styling, although uh, Bird, who is sort of known for their renting rentable scooters in a lot of uh, U.S. cities, um, they're here and they've got a whole fleet of what they're calling micro EVs. They're like uh, electric bicycles, but they're they they dock into this sort of stand where you would like drop it off at the end of the day, and it recharges it right there. So the big thing with these electric bikes is just the range of the battery, right? I mean, you're not getting huge amounts of range. I right. mean, the, for the most part, if you're just doing casual kind of, you know, yeah. riding around, it might last the day. But uh, there's some of them now, I think one called Delfast, um, that claims that they can get up to 200 miles of range. Right. Which is insane for an e-bike. Yeah. Speaking of range, apparently there's uh, a new Mercedes electric vehicle that was just announced here as well that um, you can get up to 650 mile range on it. Yes. But it costs an additional 28,000 US dollars for that extended range. That's over a thousand kilometers range. That is insane. Like that would be amazing. Yeah. Because on my Tesla, I get about 350 kilometers. My Kia, I get about 300. On a good day. Yeah. On a good day. Uh, On a warm summer summer day. (laughs) Downhill. Yeah. We're talking all about the latest uh, tech gear here on uh, Get Connected. Another interesting thing was uh, John Deere, you know, the tractor people. Well, they have uh, a self-driving autonomous tractor that can go out in the field by itself and do its thing. It's like right out of Interstellar. Matthew McConaughey rigged it up with some LiDAR. And uh, it's pretty cool, actually. And, you know, this... The front of the tractor, it's like a normal tractor, but the very front of it has a huge array of sensors and uh, cameras and things like that. So the farmer can just sit on the porch, have a beer while his robots are out tending to the fields. It's kind of cool. Yeah. It's kind of cool. And so, I mean, there are safety mechanisms built in. Obviously, you don't want tractors roaming free (laughs) without that. Well, 
I was thinking about that too because you hear always hear about these tractor accidents where where people get injured because yes. the farmer can't see them. Yeah. Well, the robots can see them. Yes. Right? So theoretically, it would make it safer. Yeah. So they can detect people and other obstacles and rocks and things like that and stop the tractor automatically and, uh, you know, obviously send an alert to the farmer. So that's the thing. The farmer still has control. Like, they get all that information to their smartphone and they can check in on it. Yeah. Which I thought was kind of cool. It was very cool. <laughs> but I think that will change farming. Um I don't know if that's a great thing or not for farmers. Do they still want to have the people on on the tractors? I, I don't know. But, you know, we'll have to see. So, John, these tractors aren't cheap. I, I don't know how much tractors cost. But, you know, apparently uh, a regular 8R tractor from John Deere and the 2430 chisel plow, that's the, the name of these units, could set a farmer back over half a million dollars U.S. Uh, but to outfit it with this uh, autonomous capability... It could go as high as 50000 But, I mean, if you're spending half a million, 10% more, it's not a huge Right, leap. and, and you know, 50000 for reducing the labor that's required and potentially be more, more efficient, Yeah, it might be worth it. Could be. Anyway, I didn't know tractors were like half a million dollars. Yeah, they're, they're very it's expensive. It's a, lot, a yeah. lot of money. We're down at the Consumer Electronics Show. John Beeler and Mike Agarbo here. We're going to have to take a break. When we come back, a lot more uh, tech for the home and TV from Samsung. Stay tuned. You're back with Mike and John here on Get Connected, a special edition. We were in Las Vegas. We somehow made it down here and covering all the latest tech gadgets live from the show floor. Uh, I want to talk about some of the uh, the home stuff, John, the TVs and washing machines and things like that. Typically, Samsung and LG are here showing off all their wares. What was interesting, you know, we've been talking about, you know, a lot of the big guys pulling out. LG kind of half pulled out. Yeah. And I, I don't even know how to describe their booth, John. I, you know, we came into the hall where their booth typically is, and they always have a huge one. So they still had the same square footage, but it was all like plywood on the floor. Yeah, and they had these little stands everywhere with QR codes on them and you were meant to download their app and virtually experience their products with the help of this augmented reality app using your smartphone so yeah. basically you move the the phone around and with the camera yeah. around that particular pedestal and you'll see the washing machine or the the TV at first i thought okay this is stupid but then i realized you know that's actually not a bad play they don't have to have the booth's not even manned. No. There's a bunch of people sitting on the pedestals. <laughs> yeah, well, because there's nowhere else to sit. Yeah. Um, so, but it's actually kind of kind of smart because then also you have access to the, all the press information about the products and stuff like that that you would just ask a human for anyways. Yeah. So, and they had a little zone where you could actually go back and look at old product launches from previous CESs as well using the AR app as well. Yeah, it's super fascinating technology. Well, it, the one remaining big guy that came to the show was Samsung. Right. And we were lucky enough to have it directly across from our little broadcast booth. Yeah. And it's, I mean, they always have the biggest booth. And they had some really cool stuff this year. I was uh, happy that, you know, at least there was one of these big guys showing off some, some cool tech. Uh, but they're really pushing forward on the TV side with a bunch of different innovations there. Yeah, one of the things that we saw last time we were here was the rotating TV that they have called yes. the Frame, 
Actually, no, it's not the frame. It's the it's the zero. Yeah, something like or that. serif. Yeah, serif. Serif. Yeah. And um, what they've done now is they've made something called the accessory, which allows basically uh, you to mount almost any TV to this thing, and it'll rotate that TV for you. So I don't know if I want to rotate my TV. I mean, some people are into like the vertical TikTok videos and things like that. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, how many how many videos? Are out there. Well, and my question is: the people that can afford it are typically the older people. Are they really going to get this because they they well, watch Instagram videos all day? Well, one thing would be interesting that I, that I one use case that I saw was interesting is you have basically you rotate it so that's in a portrait position, and then you basically have three stacked TVs. So you could have like music videos, you could have the news playing, and maybe some sports or something like that. So that'd be great for like a retail installation but then you can rotate it to show the game in full glorious size of your tv um so i mean i think there's some applications for it there um but yeah some of these uh, i mean these tvs are so big now and they're just building kind of more functionality into the tvs themselves so you know you can get a big 70 inch tv uh but they can do it so that you can be watching multiple things at the same time you can have a social feed in one little area of it you can have the the football game on yeah uh, you can have like the stats in another area coming up kind of creating your own little sports bar almost exactly yeah and it's interesting too they also had something called the odyssey arc which was a crazy gaming monitor that was vertically orientated as well. It, I mean, if if you're into gaming or just are a monitor geek, this is probably the coolest monitor I've seen in a long time. At first we were like, oh, how does this... It's 55 inches. It's as big as your TV. Yeah, but it's vertical and it's curved. So it basically your entire field of view, if you're sitting right in front of it, is pretty much filled by this TV. Yeah, it was weird seeing it in the vertical position, but you actually could have... Like three, like t like full size TV screens. Yeah, on there. So you could have your game going. You could have two games going. It's 4K. Yeah. It's amazing resolution, um, and it just fills your entire field of view, like you were saying. Yeah, yeah. No, I was very impressed with it. The other c- cool thing that they had was something called the Freestyle. This is a new projector from Samsung that is very small. And it actually has a couple of really interesting sort of tricks. Well, yeah, explain the the shape of it. It's like a it's, it's a, like a big can. Yeah, it kind of looks like um like a light fixture almost. Yeah. And one of the things they did is they actually had a kitchen table, and right above it, where you would typically have your lighting. Yeah. There's a mount you can actually screw this projector into a light socket. Yes. And and, was, and there were projection mapping s- stuff right onto the table, so I could imagine for restaurants or businesses like or you gaming could, or gaming you could have stuff going right on a, a flat surface i mean it was super cool yeah very very interesting but you can also use it apparently you can do a hundred inch screen yeah uh so put it against any wall well they had an example where it was literally right up against a wall and it was projecting at a really crazy angle uh a virtual window onto this blank wall yeah it looked like a real window yeah, yeah. so it was basically an ultra short throw projector in a very small compact uh, form factor and um, you, you crawled into the tent that they had set up yeah I, I'm too old to crawl into these things anymore <laughs> I'm, I'm learning Jeez. but they had a projector in there projecting a little fire onto the wall of the tent so what really kind of blew me away is like just all the different use cases you could have for it I mean it's for home it could be for your business as well yeah. the price really blew me away John it, it's coming in an eight ninety nine. US. Yeah. And, you know, for that type of projector, I would have thought it would be thousands of dollars. 
we've seen a lot of these ultra sh short throw projectors and they typically are three to five thousand dollars yeah and this is extremely small as well which is also a big thing you know in that space uh samsung uh, also had you know all the latest in uh washing machine technology they've got those steaming uh, wardrobe cabinets now, and they've got one for shoes. They I had saw a that shoe yeah. one. You yeah. stick your shoes in this thing. I don't know what it's doing to the shoes. I think it's like cleaning and deodorizing them. We should have stuck our shoes in there. <laughs> after yeah, after four days walking everywhere in Vegas, yeah, yeah our shoes need a little love. Our Actually, feet too. Yeah. Uh, a lot of uh, a lot of love. It's Mike and John. We are down in Las Vegas for the Consumer Electronics Show, checking out all the uh, the latest gear. We'll be uh, doing more updates on our app show, our sister program, talking more about the health tech. There is a lot of COVID health technology down here. Everything from uh, little devices that apparently will actually kill COVID in a room to COVID detectors that will automatically detect COVID in a room. Yeah, it... I don't know if these things work or not, but we will be covering all of that on the app show, which you can hear every Sunday here across the Chorus Radio Network or Saturday nights uh, in Toronto. When we come back from the break, we're going to talk about another really cool, I don't even know what you call it, immersive experience that they've just opened up here in Las Vegas that if you ever do come down here, it is freaking amazing. It's all the latest in virtual reality, and I think it's going to be one of the uh, you know the top things to visit in Vegas Absolutely. for people going forward. It's called Area 15. You're listening to Get Connected with Mike Agarbo and John Beeler. We will be back shortly after this. You are back with Get Connected. Mike Agarbo here and John Beeler. We are live in Las Vegas at the Consumer Electronics Show. Yeah. The, one of the things we did just before we started uh, our CS adventure this time is we went to something that I had to really convince you that we should go to yeah you sent me this weird link and it looked like a fake grocery store yeah and i'm like i why do i want to go to a fake grocery store with weird products yes and uh it's called the omega mart if you go to omegamart.com you can actually see what this place looks like it's a giant installation it's an immersive experience I don't want to give too much away about what it is. Well, I'm going to. Okay. <laughs> but essentially, it's a it's a it's a it's part of this really cool new um, place you can go to in Vegas called Area 15. And the way it was described to us is that it's essentially an interactive, immersive experience mall with a bunch of different tenants in the mall. So there's lots of different companies that have different tech and different experiences you can do there. A lot of kind of virtual reality stuff as Lo well. A lot of VR, a lot of things you, wear, you have to wear some kind of glasses to really experience. And the Omega Mart is part of, uh, part of it as its own tenant. It's, it's done by the Meow Wolf group. And it's basically a collective of artists that just do these insane... Uh, installations, art installations. Um, it, it's a little reminiscent of sort of uh, Burning Man art culture, that kind of stuff. But essentially, what the Omega Mart is is a giant grocery store. Almost looks like a Quickie Mart from from The Simpsons. It, it feels like a Quickie, like it feels like a cartoony store. Yeah. But it's filled with actual products that you can actually buy in the store. And one of the neat things is if you go in there. You'll see, you know, at the back of a grocery store is typically where you'll have like this just big row of coolers. You know, you get your milk and your Coke and all that kind of stuff. 
if you open one of the doors, it's actually a passageway into this... Yeah, like the cooler. You open yeah. up the cooler and you go through a secret passage. A secret passage. And you're in this room and... Looks like a cave out of Avatar. Yeah, it's just crazy. It's massive. Like it's, it's three stories, three stories tall. And well, th- that's the thing, John. Like when I looked on the website, they said, "Yeah, this is a ninety-minute experience." And when I got there, I'm looking. You can kind of look into the yeah. uh, the the marked part, like the grocery store. I'm like, "How are you going to spend more than ten minutes in that?" Yeah. Well, you spend at least ninety minutes just looking at all the crazy products because the attention to detail on these products is insane. They have fake products canned goods, cereal, drinks, you name it, they have it. And every single package you can pick up, look at, there's all kinds of detail about the products, crazy stories, hidden messages, all these things. Like I feel like I only scratched the surface and they were, we were there for a long time. Well, it's funny, John, because we... <laughs> Again, I'm looking in this place, and you were just hell-bent on going in. I'm like, yeah. oh, what has John found now? And so we go to the ticket thing, and it's $50 U.S. to get in. And yeah. I'm like, John, what the hell? I'm not going spending $50 to look at fake groceries. And <laughs> and But we did. We, we t- did. We did. And I would do it again in a heartbeat. I would spend that again. I want to go I'm tomorrow go- before I'm we going, leave. I'm going again. Because... It was 90 minutes. You could spend hours in there. Just oh, yeah. Because there's all sorts of little um, mysteries and kind of games going on. So taking the this sort of fake grocery store thing to a whole new level, you can actually become an employee at this fake grocery store. Yeah, with an employee card. You get an employee card, and you're given little tasks to do in the store. And the crazy thing that's really hard to encapsulate on the radio is that how big and expansive this place is. Like we said, it's three stories. It's like you're inside a spaceship or an alien world. Yes. There's tunnels. There's slides you can go on. Oh, my God. The kids will love it because there's, like, little tunnels only they can crawl through. Yeah. And there's telephones. There's, like, a phone booth all over the place here, too. And there's, like, a little phone book. And you can call any number in the phone book. And there's messages that are meant for you to do certain things. And it's it's kind of like an escape room on acid. Yeah. And I we didn't even scratch the surface of what's going on in there. Yeah. It was just visually it just blew my mind away and somewhere in there there's like this giant three-story slide you know those twirly slides that adults can go down yeah i did that did you yeah Uh, i (laughs) I thought it was a little lumpy was it yeah (laughs) or maybe that's me i'm I'm too old i'm too old for the lumpy slides but it, it was probably one of the most amazing experiences i've been into in a long time yeah well and they have all these like tvs everywhere and they it's all built around this sort of mythical corporation that runs this thing and it's making all this stuff and it's got this alien undertone to everything as well so there's all kinds of really interesting things to explore it's kind of like a you know stranger things you know that evil corporation with you know uh, the dharma initiative from lost yeah do you know what i mean like it's all kind of blended into that and you've got to you don't have you can you can go in and, and play that thing yeah or if you didn't even know it existed it's still like yeah cool it's probably easily the best 50 bucks he'll drop in vegas yeah so that was just one part of this area 15 it's a giant warehouse uh that omega march just one part of it but they've got all these other interactive vr exhibits and and bars all these cool bars and arcades and and even outside in the parking lot there's like literally a, a jet sitting there it's all like why is it there yeah and there's all these crazy sculptures. There's lots of, like, rooms you can go into out in the parking lot before you've even paid to get in. Uh, you don't, But you don't pay to get into this thing. 
like you can go into the warehouse itself, right? Because yep. they've got all sorts of little stores. You, you pay for each sort of activity you activity want to do. do. Yeah. One of the neatest things that we saw that we didn't get to try, we didn't have time, unfortunately, to try is they actually have like a zip line that goes in a big circle around the top of this place. Yeah. And you actually get to ride it and you have like a throttle and you get to drive. Like you're not actually like zip lining. It's kind of like you're in a jetpack almost. Yeah. 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 And you're wearing like these crazy glow in the dark things and people watch you zip around. They have a giant tree that's all LED lights. Yeah. And it's right above a really cool bar. I like that virtual reality game, Birdie. Yeah. Uh, basically, you lay down flat on this thing. Like it's like, like a little mini table. And it's like a, a wingsuit, and yeah. you put on the VR headset, and you can choose to fly through like New York or through a mountain range. And it, it was, I mean, there's a fan on you as well, and the thing goes up and down depending on how you're flying. It was pretty cool. Like Robin, our camera guy, was screaming. Yeah, and he he did, he did really well. Yes, but I beat him. The most you, you did beat him. Yeah. That's the most important that, part. If he's listening, that's the most important part of this entire thing. Okay, we're going to have to take a break. We're down here in Vegas, Las Vegas Consumer Electronics Show. Happens every year. It's back this year. little scaled down, but uh, we still were able to see a lot of great stuff. When we come back from the break, we're going to talk about a remote control that's powered by Wi-Fi wirelessly. You listen to Get Connected. Back after this. You're back with Get Connected. Mike and John here. Uh, thank God it's almost over. Las Vegas kind of takes a toll on you. Especially my feet. Yeah, we're putting in like twenty to 30,000 steps a day. Easily. Easily. A couple more things, uh, techie things we wanted to talk about that we saw down here. One was a fascinating remote control from Samsung. This one can be charged not only via solar, but it also has this new RF capture technology. It can capture the, the wireless radio waves in your home for example, from your Wi-Fi router and turn that into power to power the remote control. I still don't understand how this works. I, I want either. it. Yeah, I want it too. Yeah. I want it too. But it's part of Samsung's initiative to be more green. They yeah. want to reduce the amount of batteries that are going into landfills and, of course, the amount of plastics and things like that as well. This is kind of just one part of, of that. But it's amazing technology. Can you imagine your Wi-Fi router just wirelessly powering some of these devices in your home? Well, and just imagine being able to use like some of your IoT devices that we'd normally have to plug in or have a battery yeah. for, you don't have to worry about that. Well, that'd be cool. So apparently this is just working with kind of low power devices. Yeah. But I could see these, you know, you know the window sensors for your alarm and things like that. Yeah. I could imagine it working for that eventually one day once it works out. Or the, um, the sensor that you have by your hot water tank. Yeah. Those kinds of things that you kind of set it and forget. Yeah. And who knows if the battery is still good or not. Yeah. So... Uh, again, a remote control that is powered by the wireless Wi-Fi waves from your router in your home from Samsung. Do you think people are going to be upset that there's enough power floating through their house in their Wi-Fi? Oh, yeah. It's going to freak people out. <laughs> well, well, we'll look into that a bit more. Don't forget to visit our website. we got some more of our coverage of Consumer Electronics Show up there, getconnectedmedia.com. And listen to our sister show, The App Show. We're also podcasts. You can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you find your favorite uh, radio and podcast programs. Mike and John logging off. We'll see you again next time.